Merry Christmas. What a joy to be here together this morning. I'm so, so delighted that each one of you uh, were able to be here. What a blessing. This morning, I want to do something, uh, of course, on this special day. It's the Lord's Day, but I want us to walk through a few scriptures that point to this light. We've already read about the light. John chapter number one, we've talked about the light in the passage we read from Isaiah to open with. So I want to talk, I want to give you quite a bit of scriptures from the Old Testament, some in the Gospels, an epistle, and then in Revelation, and then just allow me to illustrate a few points that come out of God's Word this morning. We won't be long, but we will be meaningful in our time in God's Word. Last night at the candlelight service, it was a special moment, right? It was so good. Um, as the elders had those big candles and we took our lights and then we would light a light on the pew and then the light got shared. It's such a glorious picture of how the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is spread throughout the whole earth. God doesn't come with a, a blowtorch and, you know, light us up this way. That would probably make for good YouTube, but I don't know that it would uh, go over well in this 113-year-old edifice. What, what God does is a life is dramatically changed by the power of God, and then that person has a story to tell that's worth listening to. And the story is not a story of their own life and walk in as much as it is a story of the fact that they encountered the living God. And not only did they encounter the living God, they encountered the living God who revealed himself through his word. And not only did they encounter the living God who revealed himself through his word, but who sent a savior to save them from their sins and a Holy Spirit to lead them and guide them. Wow, that's a story worth telling. So think about, I want you to have that picture in your mind of the candlelight service as we are lighting one another's candles to go and light this city and our neighborhoods and the nations ablaze for the glory of our King. You know, the world says we need the Christmas spirit. I know what they mean. It's kind of um, Dickensian of them to say that. I get that. But what we need is Jesus. More than a good Christmas season, and I want to say this, brother, sister, more than an answer to prayer that you've been waiting on, more than a breakthrough that you've been trusting God for, more than anything else, you need Jesus. A living relationship with the living God of this Bible. It, it'll be fast, so I, I, if you want to follow along, it'll sound like a library, a sword drill, old school. If you were ever in an independent Baptist church and did a sword drill, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, but it might sound that way, but I want to give you some scriptures this morning that I think will guide you. You might do well just to write down the reference. In Isaiah 2, hear the word of the Lord. This is Old Testament prophet, the same Isaiah that gave us. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. This is Isaiah. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. And many peoples shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Verse 5. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. 
hear this Old Testament prophet crying out for the people of God to receive instruction from God, but not just general instruction. Light to light up their dark places. And now we go to Luke. O house of Jacob, come. Let us, well, I'm sorry, Luke 1. You're right, brother. Uh, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. Verse 78. The sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Old Testament, they knew they needed the light of God. Luke is saying the light of God is arriving and it's coming not in the star of Bethlehem, but in the babe of Bethlehem. Now, you're probably going to read Luke 2 at your family gatherings today. We read it last night. Please don't judge me for not reading it this morning. I want to focus on the light of the Lord Jesus. So now Christ has come. He's lived a sinless, spotless life. He's been crucified, buried, resurrected on the third day. And Paul then encouraged the church in Ephesians. At one time, he says, look at the picture, you were in darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. The fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Now there's instruction to the churches and it centers around light. But just how bright is Christ? Final passages from Revelation this morning. John is having a vision and he's seeing uh, in Revelation, throne room, and now he's left the throne room and seeing greater sights than he can hardly describe. And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. Wow. By its light, the nations will walk and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it and its gates will never be shut by day and there will be no more night. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb of God will be in it and his servants will worship him. They will see his face and his name shall be on their foreheads and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. I don't have a slide. That's a lot of scripture. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. That's a lot of scripture. But it tells the story of the light that we need. Isaiah said we've got to have it, and it's got to be different from what we've experienced. Luke says, it's arrived. Paul writes to the church, now you're carrying that light to the nations. John sees at the end of all things, Jesus lights up it all. Lights up it all. Jesus is the light that we need. He is the light of the world. He's the light that Scripture reveals. Take your Bibles now with me quickly and turn to John chapter number 8. Some of you are already there in your mind. I love it. You might even already be there in your Bible. John chapter number 8, 
verse 12, Jesus is speaking to the disciples. And just to make it clear and to underscore it perfectly, he says to them, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Take a moment and just meditate on that verse. Read it to yourself quietly. When we behold the incredible light of Jesus Christ, hear me, it changes everything. Everything. It changes the way you see yourself. It changes the way you see others. It changes the way you see the world. It changes the way, watch this, 2022, about to be 2023, that you walk in darkness. Because make no mistake, even though the light of Jesus shines brightly through his church, we're living in dark days. Now, that's what the Bible says. The Bible says that the age that we're in can be described as savage times. Now, I'm, I'm going to say this, and on the other side, I'm saying there's so much beauty in the world and so much beauty to behold, not only in creation, but in people. And, and just to see the light of God uh, around us as the gospel comes to life in front of our eyes. To see dead men raised to life as they say no to their self and yes to Jesus. To see families restored and reconciled. There's a a lot to celebrate. I'm so excited about that. But make no mistake, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is in the minority. I'm not talking about any nationalistic thing. I'm just saying the whole world is seem, seems to be heading one direction and it's not God's. It's not in lockstep with this but John saw in Revelation, Jesus is so bright, the nations are worshiping before him. Christ is the light that changes everything. He can keep us in a dark world from being dark ourselves and thinking, oh no, this is all just constantly whining and grumbling and complaining. No, we have the light of God in us to take to dark places. I mean, as cool as it was that all of the lights were lit up in here, if the Charlotte was without power, <clears throat> what good do those candles do us in a place where we're a bunch of around, around a bunch of other candles? If people are in darkness out there and we are like, hey, can you bring some of that light to us? And we're like, ah, you know what? I, I, I really, I'm enjoying my candle convention in here. It smells so nice. Some of you like the smell of burning wax. <laughs> But it, uh, it smells so nice, and we, we, we like it here, and no, we're good, we're good. No, the, the world is in darkness. It needs our light. We need to leave the building and take the light with us. This Christmas, Grace Covenant family, God's desire for you is the same that it is every single day of the year that Christ would be your life, that he would be your all in all, that you would be content in him. Sundar Singh was born in the late 1800s to a wealthy Indian family. His family sent him to Christian mission school because they had the best education in reading in the community, and so they wanted him versed in that. Although he was from a prominent Sikh family, he was nurtured and educated in this Christian mission school. His mom died while he was very young, and he was so bitter and angry about his mom's death 
that he took it out, as we often do, on those around him. Who was around him? The Christians. He vilified the Christians with everything you can imagine. In fact, he made it his young life's work. I'm talking a young teenager. He hated Christians. He reviled them. He insulted them every chance he got. And he would persecute young Christians that were at that school every opportunity he had. On one day, he gathered some of his friends around him just to demonstrate his hatred for God and Christianity and burned a Bible And if that isn't bad enough, he ripped it out one page at a time and cursed every time he threw a page into the fire. Sundar would try later on, being overwhelmed by this darkness, to take his own life. He was unsuccessful in doing that the morning that he tried. And that night, just feeling the darkness closing in even more than at that lowest of the low points, the light of Christ shined on his heart and mind. All of the gospel messages that he had heard at that mission school began to flood his mind. God's word that he had burned one page at a time. Those scriptures that were taught to him in that mission school began to flood his heart and mind. And he, that night, gave his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. He was so radically converted that after his baptism on his 16th birthday, this 16-year-old young man decided he was going to live in such a way that he gave everything away for the poor and the sick that they might come to know Jesus. It's a real Saul to Paul kind of conversion. He hated Jesus. He hated Jesus' church. And yet when his life was invaded by light and the life of Christ, it changed everything. A Hindu professor asked him this question. Sundar, What is it that you have found in Christianity that was not in your old religion? Here's his answer. I have found Christ. The Hindu professor was confused, said, yes, yes, I know that, but but, I mean, what doctrine or principle have you found that's made life better that you did not have before? And he said, and here's the quote, the particular thing that I have found is Christ. Christianity is not just a worldview, it's not just a religion, it's not just a a set of ideals that we live by. It, It is the Lord Jesus Christ, and we need Jesus. Do you want hope in your life as we work through the Advent, working our way up to Jesus? Do you want hope in your life? Is that what you stand in need of? Christ is our hope. The Bible says in Colossians 1.27, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Titus 2 says that our blessed hope is the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you need hope? You need Jesus. Do, do you long for peace in your life? Christ is our peace that passes understanding. It's not an emotion that you need. It's not a set of ideals that you need. It is a person that you need, and peace has a name. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, He Himself is our peace. He made us one. He's broken down in this flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Do you want joy in your life? The kind of joy that the world can't take away? The kind of joy that circumstance can't rob you of? then you need Jesus. Christ is our joy. 
Peter would write of us saying we've not seen him yet we love him. We don't see him now but we believe in him and rejoice with a joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Do you need love? Christ is our love. Not just a teaching on love. Not just a standard of love. He is love. God is love. Augustine is quoted as saying it this way, you ask for your reward and the giver himself is the gift. What more could you want? The giver is the gift. Christ is what we need. Here's my question for you this morning. The bright star that shined over Bethlehem that guided the wise men from afar pales in comparison to the glory when the angels filled the uh, skies over the shepherds and said hark and and come on and hey man it's just incredible come see this thing but that pales in comparison to the son of God himself Jesus is the light of the world let him light up every nook and cranny of your life as Julia steps to the piano this morning, I just want to encourage you this Christmas season to go deep in your, here's the word you didn't expect, Christmas morning, repentance. Go deep in your repentance of sin. Ask the Holy Spirit to take that light that Christ is and shine it on every dark corner of your heart and mind. Why would I do that, Pastor? So that you can go big in your worship of Jesus. Because you can't go big in your worship of Jesus if you won't go deep in your repentance of sin. You need the light of Christ shining in you before he can shine through you. And then like we did with our candles last night, I'm going to challenge you to take the light of the gospel to every dark place the Lord puts you. It's so easy to complain about the darkness. It's so easy to curse at the darkness. It's so easy to be in a dark place and draw up and think, I can't wait to get out of here. No, 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 no. God sent you there with the light of the world. Father, thank you so much for your word this morning. We recognize that Christmas is a means to an end. What we need most isn't the spirit of Christmas. What we need most is Jesus Christ. Lord, we submit to your will in Jesus' name. Amen.